We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest. And then the final event, the Behind the Bangs Writing Workshop. I finally did it, put it together, put together this workshop because I wrote this book in many ways for younger me. And younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught. I wanted the gyms. I wanted I wanted the knowledge. I wanted the education. That's what I would have wanted. So I've decided I'm doing it. And in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn. 15 years. In my 15-year career as a TV writer and author and blah, 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 all the other things I've written, there are six things that I always use, and all of those are in this workshop. So if you have an interest in writing, sign up. All the ticket links are live today. Click the show notes. Click my Instagram. We are coming to a city near you, and there's going to be some meet and greets. I'll sign some copies of books. We'll give out more books, and I have uh, some pieces of merch that I'm taking on the road, and I'm going to give them out at the shows. Welcome to Glamorous Trash. Today's episode is our first ever in a series called The Cookie Jar, which is where anything that falls in to Glamorous Trash's purview, okay, anything that is about what we're about, we get to throw into the cookie jar episode and just kind of go through topic by topic. So let me tell you what to expect in this episode. One, I have an extremely special guest I am introducing to you. Two, we are going to talk about JLo's new movie, visual album, music video, human experiment, marketing ploy of the century. We got to talk about all of it. We are going to discuss updates to Crystal Hefner's episode. We had some amazing comments and chat in the Patreon. And so I want to highlight some of those and just discuss it a little bit more because there's so much to say. I want to give a couple updates to other books that we covered this month. And then we are going to play questions and thoughts from the cookies themselves that they sent into our email, which is hello at glamorousTrash.com. And we are going to chat about what the cookies want to chat about. And so in the future, you will be able to send in a voice note as well and contribute to the conversation. A book club is never just one voice. It's all the voices. It's the community. And I've been really thinking about how to bring the book club to the podcast because there's so much incredible conversation in the Patreon chat. And as a reminder, the Patreon chat, you can access it on your laptop or your desktop. You just go to the Patreon page. It's right there. Or you can download the Patreon app. And then that way you have the chat on your phone. That's what I do because I check it all the time. It is some of my favorite stuff. Now let's get into the episode. Okay. My very special guest today is our new 
podcast producer. She is the producer for Glamorous Trash. It is Christina Lopez. She is an LA-based podcast producer, creator, and digital strategist. She's worked on shows like Don't Ask Tig with Tig Notaro, Julie's Library with Julie Andrews. Oh my God, no big deal. And Smash Boom Best, where she lost a debate about who was better, Pikachu or Mario. Before joining the Glamorous Trash team, Christina worked with Apple Podcasts, championing diverse and independent creators by curating their spotlight program and editorial collections. When she's not listening to podcasts, podcasts or collecting TikToks for her Instagram friends. She works on audio art and is an aunt to pets and humans alike. And I'm just so, so happy that she's here and that everyone gets to meet her. Hi, Christina. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Welcome. Welcome to the Glamorous Trash Airwaves. I love to be a part of the trash. (laughs) Listen, who doesn't like to be just digging in the trash? And you have been on for about a month, brand new, but Christina was behind the Crystal episode, the Kimberly Gargoyle episode. That is what I'm calling her. This is the cookie jar. This is a Patreon-only episode, so I can say what I want here. And Christina, the cookie jar episode was your idea. It was your first pitch. So tell me, like, what made you think that we should definitely be get getting in the cookie jar slash trash bag? Well, one is like I was a part of the Patreon community before I started working on the show. So I was looking at the conversations that were already happening there. And there's an amazing wealth of information, but also like intellect and really diverse in terms of who's commenting and their perspectives on the books. And some of it resonates with me. Some of it would illuminate some more of the text for me. And also part of my job was working in audience engagement. So I've seen a lot of podcast communities come together and I've been really in awe of what they can accomplish when they do. Yeah. And it's just kind of beautiful to see as a creator myself, like all you really want to do is impact someone and make someone feel seen sometimes in, in the art that you're creating out of your own mess. And to have that resonate with so many people in a digital space is so intriguing to me. And in my career, I've tried to find different ways to honor that. I love it. Well, I loved this idea immediately. And yeah, I I know that like anyone with a podcast community would say their community is the best, but this community is fucking sick. So we're going to discuss JLo's movie. Then we're going to talk about Crystal Hefner's book. We have some really fun updates from the Patreon chat. And then we are going to play some cookie questions. People sent in voice memos. We're going to play them. We're going to talk about them. But first, we're going all in on JLo, and let's play a little bit of her trailer. When I was little, I used to share a room with my sister. She used to sleep so peacefully. And I just used to lie there awake thinking, how does anybody sleep that way? when your heart never goes to sleep. I know, you feel like nobody gets you. I don't even get me. You watched J-Lo last night, I did as well. I made my husband get Delola. I watched it twice. You watched it twice in one night? Are you okay? No, I watched it <laughs> last night and then I watched it this morning because I wanted to take notes. I wanted to be able to be very clear about how we were breaking this down. I really love YouTube accounts that like, here are the Easter eggs that you missed from this like Marvel trailer yeah. and they'll zoom in on a frame. I wanted to have that level of reference for this pop culture thing just because like, I think there was a lot here that people missed out on because the biggest thing that I saw after checking TikTok and social media and also within our own cookie comments was that people were very confused about what she was trying to do here or what she was trying to execute or even what she was saying. So I think I came in with some preparations, research and a second viewing really cleared up a lot of things too. Let's get into it. So first off, did you like it? 
I did. Good, <laughs> good, because a lot of people really loved it, and I want that represented here today on this okay. conversation. <laughs> good. Okay. I can acknowledge its flaws, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I did tear up a little bit towards the end, <laughs> and there are parts of it that resonated with me very hard. Okay. So, yeah, I I, I did like it, no, I, like, reluctantly, but no, I No, I think that's good, and also, like, I liked it in the sense that— it was super interesting. I was never bored, which I think is a, a high bar. I loved watching it. There were a few jokes in there that really made me laugh. But at the end of the day, I I have so much to say about this. And yet it's so overwhelming because the biggest takeaway I had is that this is everything she has to give to us. Everything JLo has ever had to give to us she gave with $20 million of her own goddamn money. This is it. And that both makes me laugh and makes me love her because this is truly her. And she is the absolute queen of literalness, of literal symbolism while saying nothing, which is so interesting because she, like one of her dance moves was, crying and she would sing the lyric like and when I'm crying and then her arms are doing this little crying like move that's what I mean by literal or like the factory where the heart explodes is called the heart factory the parody of the Fox News show is called the truth show so it's like very on the nose and yet you can walk away and still be confused and that is wild to me yes it is both simplistic and also confusing yes yes (laughs) I just want to say this so clearly she is so talented. I mean, her talent is unbelievable. And I will give her that for days and days and days. Her taste is what is fascinating to me. At the end of the day, everything you have boils down to your taste. And it's kind of like the Etsy chalkboards at her wedding, you know, where she chose that font from 2011 in cursive and like the live, laugh, love font. Yes. And laid the chalkboards out at the wedding. It's just, that is her. And this is her. And she is She's an astrology bitch. You know what I mean? And so many of us are. So many of us are. But like literally her dress at the premiere of her film on the bottom says like Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. Like it has all 12 signs on the dress. Wow. And I think like we can all agree that like astrology is like something a lot of people make fun of. It's very, very popular as something to make fun of. And JLo is here saying this is my thesis. This is my religion. My religion is don't date Libras. Have you heard her say something stronger in this life other than fuck Libras? No, honestly. (laughs) I was surprised by that. And I went back and I looked, none of her exes that are public are Libras. I know. So I think it was really interesting. And she's never dated a cancer as a cancer. I did not appreciate the cancer slander that happened. We're not dumb. We have emotional intelligence. But that's where I'm like, It's clear that astrology is important to her. But then did she change the signs that she actually wanted to dig on because she didn't want us to be able to match them up with past husbands? Or do we think it was just a generalized take on astrology, which is kind of weird to do because she was very specifically calling out certain signs. And did you know that Heather Morris, one of the stars of Glee, gave an interview where she had auditioned for Jennifer Lopez for like four hours and made it to the finals? Yes, I've seen this. And then- According to her, Jayla was like, and if anybody here is a motherfucking Virgo, go home. And she was a Virgo and had been there for hours and had to go home. But Virgos were not dissed in this. Chelsea, Mark Anthony's a Virgo. (gasps) 
Okay, so why didn't she diss Virgos? Here's my theory, because the third act reveal is weak, right? It's like, oh, the trauma is that she didn't love herself. I don't think that's what it is. I think she didn't want to reveal whatever childhood trauma there was. Either it was too personal or she didn't want to air out a family member or a family dynamic or something like that. And so I think that is a thread that we can tie back to her not wanting to air out or maybe get sued or anything like that. And so she changed the signs that were the exes that we were seeing. Right. But the threads of who they might be are still there in the music. And in some of the visuals. Yeah, in some of the visuals. She's dated three Leos. And she's a Leo. Yes. And no Cancers, no Libras. The one Virgo she did, it was Mark Anthony. It's but so yeah. interesting because I do believe in astrology or I love it or I, and I enjoy it. I also, growing up, had a multitude of astrology experts in my life as a child. Like the amount I know about this is intense. And yet boiling down the entirety of your love story to dating the wrong signs does make me feel, I'm like, that can't, it can't just be that he's a Virgo. <laughs> Can it? Yeah, it's like, oh, this Leo didn't work out for me because he's too self-centered. Okay, that might be a trait that a lot of Leos had. Or maybe you're dating a narcissist. And let's look at why you might be attracted to narcissists. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's something there that she's not getting deeper toward. I don't know if it's she's rubbing up against her own ego and she's not letting herself get there. And she did kind of reveal a little bit of that, but I don't know if she got all the way there in terms of like what the actual root trauma or root cause was for seeking out these kinds of men and seeking out this kind of love. Yeah, and this is her whole thing though. And I, let's link our JLo episode, even though it was one of the very first ones we recorded ever on this podcast. It might, actually, I think it was our first recording. I, I will link it there. But in her memoir and here, the thing about her is that she never, she doesn't want to open up. She does, she doesn't want to, it's not her thing. She doesn't want to give you the details or her heart and especially her emotions. But then she keeps doing projects like this one or the memoir and the upcoming documentary where it's like, JLo, (laughs) you can't halfway do something like this. You can just continue to make music or do other things. But she Going back to what you said about she doesn't want to tell us about the childhood trauma, there are rumors with maybe allegedly some evidence that her mom actually physically hit her a lot as a kid. And the kid in the music video has cuts and bruises all over her. And mm. that's where I, yeah. that's a place where I was like, is there something you're, you're, you want to nod to, but you don't want to say it here? I have, I have no idea, though. Yeah. And she made it a point to say that she was dirty, too. Yeah. It was like she wasn't being cared for. In the end, she just pointed the finger back at herself. And I'm like, Jilo, you're almost there, honey. Yeah. Like maybe another five years of therapy. Not therapy with Fat Joe. I ran to look up the man who was listed as her co-writer, Matt Walton. I was posting about it on my Instagram stories because Ben Affleck was supposed to be the co-writer, but his credit has been removed and he's not on it. And oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. I mean, these are the rumors, but there is a guy who's listed as the co-writer. And I was in a room of like 10 people. We took bets where Yasser was like a hundred dollars. This is his only credit. I'll put a hundred dollars on it. And you look it up, IMDB, this is his only credit. And to the point where then everyone was like, this is a fake. This is an industry plant. This is someone whose name is meant to be Ben Affleck. It's just some guy. I found evidence on him. I was on his LinkedIn. He has a picture with him and a cat. And he worked with Shaquille O'Neal on a project and says he's a writer of all things. And he said on LinkedIn, he is available. So if anyone has a project out there, (laughs) but he, he like wrote this thing with JLo and I'm so curious why 
her co-writer was not someone with more experience when you are J-Lo and could have anyone in the world write this with you. I'm not sure. I think maybe she wanted more auteur credit and might have been intimidated or worried that she was going to be dominated. But I don't really see that when she's fronting the money. I know. $20 million for that thing. What do you make of that? It was something that people were like, can you imagine spending that much on a project about yourself? Actually, yeah, I can. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think that's the dopest thing. I would love to have $20 million to make my artistic dreams come true. Yeah. That would be amazing. Someone's like, if you had $20 million to make your Zodiac Council, who would be in your Zodiac Council? And honestly, Kiki Palmer would still be in mine, honestly. Good. Yeah. And she carried that whole scene. By the way, if you look closely, not a one of them was in the same room at the no. same time as each other. All of those people were shot separately <laughs> and CGI'd. Yeah, and I think I read an interview where Sofia Vergara was like, I had no idea what we were really doing. <laughs> That's honestly very clear, Sofia. And to answer your question, Christina, Jane Fonda would also be on my zodiacal council. I loved her memoir. <laughs> I would absolutely have her as well. It's also so interesting to see who J-Lo shows because Jane Fonda, clearly she knows her from Monster-in-Law. Like, where the hell does Jay Shetty come from? And why Trevor Noah? And why Neil deGrasse Tyson? Her friend group made no sense to me. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson was there because she wanted it to have an explanation or something for Zodiac signs and the, and the stars. The stars, yeah. He does get a talking point where he talks about the stars and stuff like that. And I think she wanted to, like, lend gravity towards that. Also, he's, I, I think he's half Puerto Rican. So I think okay. there might be a relation there. Like we do kind of seek each other out in circles. I am also New Yorkan, just like J-Lo. I have a lot in common with her. My last name is Lopez, but I'm not related to her. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm not from the Bronx. And yeah, just being very familiar with sort of the cultural aspects that she was calling out to as well. Like it opens with that fable from the Taino like tribes fighting, which is like the indigenous tribes of Puerto Rico. And she also calls out to being back home in the Bronx and not wanting to go home. I get that. Like just having the anxiety of a place being who you were and a place that you're trying to run away from. And it's hard to bump up back against that. And best line in the film you remind me of home and I left home for a reason. I was like, that's good. She says that to Derek Huff, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm like, Derek Huff reminds you of home? <laughs> yeah. And that's the one where it's like you can kind of see who is supposed to be P. Diddy, but you can't really see who Derek Huff is supposed to represent. So here's another question for you, because you know that fable well and like the red flower. So at one point in the film, Fat Joe is like, so those red roses that are this huge symbol those are the red flowers in the fable. And she's like, no, those are different. I was like, what? Yeah, I think maybe, and she didn't spell this out enough, the red flower that she was talking about is called Flor de Maga. It's basically a variation of a hibiscus plant that's native to Puerto Rico. It's Puerto Rico's national flower. So that when she says the red flower, I don't know why she just didn't name it. Okay, okay. But then also then why make red roses also a symbol in your hour-long film? Like, Writing 101, you just got to stick with the hibiscus. Yeah, that was the thing that I was going to say. She's also the queen of mixed metaphors because you had the friend group that was kind of acting like the Greek chorus, right? But then there was also the council that was acting like the Greek chorus as well. And so I'm like, what are we doing here? Number one note, again, I was in a living room and we were all drinking Delola. So you're welcome, JLo, because that is her alcohol spritzer line, even though she is sober. I made my husband go and find Delola bottles and we were drinking. So people were like, why 
wasn't Kiki Palmer one of the friends? And then you see her up in the zodiacal council or whatever. It would have helped it so much. And here's another question for you. What did you think about her casting a friend group of 10 people all 20 years younger than her? And granted, J-Lo also looks 30, but why not surround yourself with your actual friends or people playing your friends who are 50 like yeah. you? And we can even admire you more, J-Lo, for who you are. Where's Leah Remini? I think they had a friend breakup. <gasps> no, okay. I'm positive. Yes, I was diving on the Instagram. So I've been noticing this for a while because they wrote about each other in their memoirs. They used to post about each other. They used to like each other's comments and, and things. And they have gone silent on each other. And I oh, okay. feel positive they had a friend breakup or else Leah would have been in the movie or, or at the premiere, anything. And I think when she divorced Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony's best friend is Leah Remini's husband. And I think Leah Remini um, maybe fell away in the divorce. I don't know. Well, Mark Anthony got Leah Remini in the breakup. Can you believe? I I hate that for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need to find out. I need to find out. What did you think of the friend casting? I actually really loved the friend group. I love their little takes on her and their commentary and like the friend intervention. I don't know why she made one of them a kleptomaniac. Like, is she airing out a friend IRL? I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. Or they're just like, we need some jokes here. So make this girl steal dishes. Yeah. Dishes, silverware. Every she was just shoving all the things in the purse for each one of JLo's weddings. But I think maybe it's a vanity thing. So she cast a group of people that could possibly pass for adult friends that she could have, but are much younger than her. Yes. I mean, my favorite thing about JLo is that she is 50 and like she's just changed the game for how we talk about women in their third act or second act or whatever act we're in. Jane Fonda too. It makes sense they're friends because Jane Fonda had three marriages and she was always criticized for her many partners. And then She's telling JLo, do not make this documentary. I'm worried for you and Ben. But then she does it anyway. I love it. Technically, she's as old as the Golden Girls characters on Golden Girls in the 80s. And it yeah. shows how different we've also changed our minds about aging as a society. Because like, yeah, I don't know any 50 year old today who looks like that. <laughs> totally. It's really interesting because... J-Lo helped change how we see ourselves and at what age does Hollywood tell women they are quote done and at what age can you accomplish things and be peaking because you know I have always felt like I am too late or too old for this or my time is running out and I have felt that since the beginning because technically I got to comedy late and I got there when I was like 20, you know, but there were just so many teenagers who knew their dreams. Anyways, I've always felt like my time is running out, that there's a clock on me and I still have those thoughts and I have to tell myself, no, you're just getting started. You're just getting started. Okay, that was just a teaser of this episode that is only for our Patreon-only members, and you can hear the whole thing by becoming a Patreon member. For just a dollar, you get all of the bonus episodes like this one and ad-free listening. For $5 a month, you get the Patreon chat, you get pictures to all the episodes, and so much more. 
The reason that we do these Patreon-only teasers is to give you an idea of what you would be getting by becoming a member and that like we have tons of good content for our Patreon subscribers because we quite literally cannot make this podcast without our listeners, the cookies. I'm just so grateful to all of you. I'm so happy you're here. I love making this show. I couldn't do it without our Patreon. And so thank you for becoming a member. Consider joining if you want to hear the rest of this episode and then get into the comment section. Join the book club. There is so much on our Patreon that's so fun to get into, especially the mobile app chat and all of that's available and you can sign up in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Chelsea Devontes. 